2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Write it down and put it on your refrigerators. Every time you go to the refrigerator, you see it. The vices of the devil. Do you realize if we talked about every single device of the devil, we'd be here for an awful long time. So I'm just hitting the highlights of the ones that we just really need to grab a hold of. Let me give you a little, a little thing to ponder on. That might help you out. A scar proves that you've been wounded. A scar proves that you've been hurt. But a scar also proves it didn't kill you. Because we've all been wounded physically and spiritually in our life. We carry scars in our life. And a lot of times we get scars from what the devil does to us and how the devil moves us and manipulates us into the ways that we do things that we should not do. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 11, lest Satan should be get an advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. We should not be ignorant of his devices. What I'm trying to do is help you out in this little uh, uh, mini-series of uh, the devil's devices trying to help you to be aware of what the devil can do and what he throws at you and how to stop that or how to uh, uh, combat it because you're not going to stop what the devil does. But you sure can't have victory over what the devil does. Now he's going to come after you, he's going to come after you, and he's going to keep coming after you. And that's the way it is tonight. He's going all kinds of ways tonight. The devil has all kinds of devices to throw out. He's, he sits in the dark somewhere. And when you take that bait of that device that he throws out there, he's watching you. He has that fiery darts that he throws at you. And he throws them your way. The Bible says the devil hurls their fiery darts of the wicked one toward us tonight. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we're not ignorant of his devices tonight. I'm not much of a hunter. I used to hunt when I was hunting. I hunt uh, rabbit and squirrels. That was about my biggest thing. I'd hunt rabbit and squirrels. Uh, I'm not a real hunter. I'm not a professional hunter. I don't go out and proclaim to get the big bucks or the big does. Or I don't do those things. Uh, they're all around my house, but I just don't hunt. But what uh, a hunter will do, he will set out decoys that looks like the same thing, trying to lure the prey in. He wants to lure that prey in close enough that he can get to it so he can kill that prey. And that's what the devil does. That's, that's what the devil, he uses those, uh, these decoys, these devices, and he's been... We've been looking at pride and, and self-pity and fear. And the one we look at tonight, there are nothing but simply decoys that the devil puts in front of you that looks harmless in your life, looks harmless in my life. It doesn't seem bad to have a bit of pride in your life. It doesn't seem bad to have uh, have pity, uh, party, and feel sorry for yourself every now and then. It, it, it doesn't seem bad to have fear. What, what's the big deal about that? But mark it down. It is simply a decoy, decoy that the devil uses to draw you in close enough so that he can hit you with something more sinister 
and more devastating and try to really harm your life tonight. That's the devil. That's the devil's mindset. That's what he says. That's why the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. He said, the Bible says we are to be alert. That's why the Bible said, try the spirits, whether they are of God. And you ought to really take that to heed. You ought to really get that in your mindset. Check something out and see if it's a decoy before you just jump all over into it and start doing it thinking, well, that's what I'm doing. You need to make sure it's of God and not of the devil. Tonight I want to look at the fourth device we've been talking in this series. This device has destroyed countless homes. This device has... Uh, 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 destroyed count, countless relationships. And this device has destroyed multitudes of Bible-preaching, Bible-believing churches tonight. It's the device of discord. Discord. The word discord simply means strife or contention. And the devil loves, loves to sow uh, a strife and contention into your life, into your home, and into the church. It does it in your children. It's in your relationship. It's with your family. And the ones you really love sow that discord in, that strife, that contention. He sows it in the church. I want to go through the Bible and just show you a few things on this discord device that the devil uses of this discord. We're going to go through a lot of the Bible tonight, so don't be angry with me. You're going to be turning here and there and everywhere. But I'm quite sure by the time we end tonight, you've been caught up on your Bible reading for the week. Amen. Because I know you ain't all pulled that Bible out, read it like you should this week. Amen. So that, look, let's look at Proverbs chapter number six tonight. Start with Proverbs chapter number six tonight. The word discord is only mentioned two times in the Bible. Only two times in the Bible. And both of them are found in Proverbs chapter 6. And I know what you're thinking. If this such is a terrible device of the devil, how come it's only mentioned two times in the Bible? Even though the word is only mentioned two times a night, the device itself is used throughout the Bible, and we'll find it in many places tonight, that it may be called discord by name, it might not say this is discord, but it's, that's exactly what it is. Verse number 14, it says, let me back up one, verse number 14. Now, starting in verse number 14, and he's, and he's calling this, if you look at back in chapter, uh, verse 12 and 13, he's calling this a, a, a naughty person, a wicked man. He said, frowardness in the, his heart he deviseth mischief continually. He soweth discord. Soweth discord. And he's talking about this, 
naughty person, this wicked man that is called in verse 12. Therefore shall his calamity come sudden, suddenly, suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things do the Lord hate. Now let me just say this. Don't let anybody tell you that God doesn't hate anything. They're lying. They haven't read the Bible. And they don't know what he's saying. He said, these six things the Lord doth hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him. A proud look. A lying tongue. Oh, my goodness. I should preach on these seven devices right here. A lying tongue. Amen. A hands that shed innocent blood. And a heart that deceive, the, deceiveth uh, a wicked inaminations. Feet that be, be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth, there's that word again, discord among brethren. God hates the idea that an individual, male or female, it doesn't matter which one, that would lie intentionally, put something between God's people, between the brothers and sisters of the uh, family, and it would sow seeds of doubt, seeds of strife, contention and lies even in families it happens it is damaging tonight to find somebody that would intentionally sow something that's not of God in the lives of those that are around you amen so we see the word discord in Proverbs 6 like I said this is the only two times this word is mentioned but this word is displayed throughout the Bible Turn to Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. Can I say people who sow discord, this is how they do it. Listen, this is how they do it. They hide it. They cover it up. The person that is sowing discord about, about or at or about something or about someone they don't say it to their face. They don't come and say it to their face. They hide it. They say it behind their backs. That is the way discord is done. Let me say this. Anytime someone comes to you and says, Well, sister so-and-so, in our church, she da-da-da-da-da-da. First thing that you ought to ask, have you told sister so-and-so? No, I haven't. Well, that's sowing discord. When you start talking about somebody, and if they're not big enough to go and talk to sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so about what they're saying, they come to you. So what's the point of that? It makes themselves look good in trying to make somebody else look bad. Let me say this to all of you parents, grandparents. Be careful of what kind of seeds you sow in front of your children. About people in your family, about people in your church. 
Be careful what you say about daddy, mama, when daddy's not around. Daddy, be careful what you say about mama when mama's not around, especially when your children or grandchildren are standing there. Because you'll end up, you will end up, you know, mama and daddy can get in a big fight. Amen. Can I get an amen there? We've done that. We get in a big fight, and, and sooner or later we're going to kiss and make up. But them children are not. They see that. They remember what you said. You may have kissed and made up, but your, your children say, hey, I remember what mama said about daddy. I remember what daddy said about mama. And you got somebody in this church that something has crossed you. Listen, it's going to happen in church. I'm just telling you right here and now, if you're sitting in church and been in church all your life and nobody had said anything that crossed you, you are deaf. Because it's going to happen. You're going to, somebody's going to say something to you and cross you somewhere in church. I've been in church long enough to be said about, talked about enough. Listen, this thing is going to happen. It's impossible for anybody that comes from different walks of life to not once in a while have some strife in their relationship. One thing or another is going to go wrong. So be careful with somebody that rubs you the wrong way and you immediately get into the car and run down the road and your kid's sitting in the back and say, well, you hear what that preacher said? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I like him no more. <laughs> be careful the seeds you sow of that discord in the lives of those that are around you. Uh, this is illustrated in our society today. You, you want to know why we have such a lawless society burning and rioting? You know what the, uh, this is caused? Because mom and daddy have sowed those seeds in those children's lives over the years. And they've been told all their lives, the police are bad, the police are pigs, the police are that. You ain't got to listen to them. Just go, run. That's been sown in their lives from day one. We need to sow the right kind of seeds in our kids' life today so that they grow up to be what they need to be. Because the law of harvest works no matter what's going on. What you sow, so shall you reap. You can sow the good things of life and you can sow the good seeds of life in your children and you'll reap those things, uh, but you can also sow the bad seeds uh, and you're going to reap the bad seeds. Uh, what you plant, uh, what you plant, you cannot plant an apple seed and expect to get lemons, amen? It don't work that way. What you're planting in the lives of ones around you, that's what you're going to get out. You know what really amazes me? Why people would sow discord in a place where God is trying to feed them. Amen. I, I, I've been there. I've seen it. In a place where God is trying to feed you and God is trying to enlighten you, they will sow discord. I'm not saying we're all going to have the same mindset. We're not going to think the same way. I, I heard a story from a preacher 
and it's here in North Carolina. And, and he was uh, preaching, and this lady come to church and visit the church. She was from another denomination. She read the sign as she walked up the church, Baptist. That ought to tell you what we believe and how we believe right there. So she go into church, she sat down, the preacher preached the word of God, he preached like it always, but at the end of the service, the lady would go around and grab the women at the church. You know if y'all was to start speaking in tongues, God would start blessing you more and more. You know if you start doing this, God will bless you more and more. See, that's sowing the seeds of discord. All right. She knew what the sign said. She knew the way they believed. The preacher told her the way they believed. But yet she tried to go around and sow those seeds of discord. I'm telling you. You ought to start talking in tongues. God will bless you more. No. No, that's not what we're going to do. Let me say this, be careful being that person that some way, somebody's always coming to you to unload that seed of discord on. What are you trying to say? Be careful that you're the person that they feel comfortable enough to come and tell you about so-and-so. They're so comfortable that they're always going to tell you about somebody. Be careful that if you're that kind of person, if somebody's always unloading those seeds of discord on you, you need to stop them right then and there. In fact, the Bible says you ought to get angry. But Proverbs 25 says, uh, the north wind drives away the rain, so doeth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. In other words, you ought to get mad when somebody's always unloading to you what somebody has done. Amen. You ought to get ticked off about it. I don't want to hear that no more. Take it somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Don't bring it around me. If you're the one they're constantly bringing that to, you need to stop it. Discord. Can I say this? In Proverbs 16, discord separates us. Separates. Proverbs 16. Discord separates. Proverbs 16, 28. A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separated chief friends. We've all been there before. We've all had been here personally in, in your life and with friends at work and your family and church, wherever. Everybody has been here before. We've been, we have lived through these verses of scriptures. Uh, at verse 28, a whisper is someone uh, that... Uh, comes to your ear and whispers something in your ear. They're always, you see them always standing beside somebody and they always got their ear. You don't know what they're saying, but they're going. It always, a whisperer, somebody that's always whispering about somebody else in the church is sowing that discord. Be careful about that. Let me just say this. You can't believe everything you hear and only half of what you see. 
You can't do it. Somebody walks up onto your job and begins to whisper about somebody you don't know if it's true or not. You know, and somebody in the same in church, they come to you and they start whispering in your ear and you don't know if it's true or not. And you could wind up getting yourself in more trouble because that whisperer came to your ear and started whispering something. Discord was separate. Discord is sown. It says discord is sown. I would hate to know that I was one that caused somebody to be separated from a friend over uh, just simply tail-bearing. That just don't need to be told. Things you just don't need to be talked about, something that just does not need to be said. And most individuals do that kind of thing. We say things that we should not say. So it makes them look good and everybody else to look bad. The vice of the devil is, the, is envy and somebody is to be jealous over a relationship of two people. Uh, it, it's, a, it's the envy and the jealousy of the vice of the devil. The seeds of separation into the ears of that uh, individual. That is the vice of the devil. And that's not of God. That's not of God. There's some classic examples of this separation Discord. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 15. I love this story. Listen, I believe every verse of the scriptures has a story somewhere illuminated, this illustrated. And there's a verse in the Bible, I believe there's a story somewhere that will illustrate that truth in the Bible. And we've all been taking, uh, talking about discord and separation of chief and friends and it's illustrated here in 2 Samuel chapter 15. And verse number 1. Absalom has uh, been exiled. He's been sent to exile. David brings him back, which wasn't a good idea. Because he ends up messing up the kingdom of David up. Verse number one, and it came to pass after this that Absalom prepared his chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom rose up early and stood beside the way of the gate, and it was so that when any man that had a controversy came to the king for judgment, then Absalom called him unto him and said, Oh, of what city art thou? And he's saying that the servant is one of the tribes of Israel. And Absalom said unto him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man disputeth of the king to hear thee. He said, Thy matters are good and right. You're right, I agree with you. See what he's doing? He says, I agree with you, bro. You have a good point. David doesn't know what's going on in your life. David doesn't know what you're going through. I'm with you. In verse number 4, Absalom said, Moreover, oh, I have made judgment in the land that every man which have any suit or cause might come unto me, not to David, not the king, but come unto me, and I will do him justice. David doesn't care about you. David doesn't care about your problems. I'm telling you, if I was sitting where David was sitting at now, it would be different. 
it would be different. You'll be better, you'll be careful about that kind of stuff. He is sowing those real seeds of discord, of separation. Verse number five, and when it was so that when the, any man came nigh to him to do him obeisance, he would put forth his hand and took him and kissed him. And on this manner did Absalom do Israel that came to the king for the judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. See, we end up finding out David had to flee for his life. He ends up turning into, uh, into a mess. Absalom turns into a mess, turns the kingdom into a mess. And that's called that's cause of the discord. Somebody sowing those seeds of doubt. Somebody sowing those division seeds and strife in his life. And it didn't need to be there. The whole point here is to, is to separate. And that's what happened. He separates David from Israel. So now that Absalom gets the throne, what he wants, he wants the throne. And the end result is discord of any situation in his life. That's what's happening. So the person sowing this discord gets to the preeminent spot. He wanted to get what he wanted. He wanted to be at top. And that's what he does. So he started sowing those seeds of discord about his own father in order for him to achieve the highest place there is. You know that happens in churches? That happens in churches? I'm telling you, I don't understand why we sow these seeds of discord in the house of God when we should be of love, same mind, same spirit. And this shouldn't be, I've heard this quoted several times, no vain babbling coming from our mouths. And this is the house of God. We, we, I see more discords in the house of God than I do anywhere else. Because out there, people kind of just take what they want. But in the house of God, we do it underhanded. reason I say it's it's shown in churches. Turn to John chapter 3, 3 John, 3 John, 3 John. The third epistle of John, just write quickly. I'm going to try to be quick tonight. I'm not going to try to hold you long. just wanted to get you this idea of discord, how it can grow if you don't recognize it. Then I'm going to give you some verses that you ponder in your heart to help overcome discord in our lives. Here's a fellow that's trying to separate people from John the pastor. Verse number 9, John 3, verse number 9. I wrote unto the churches, but the officers who liveth, lo loveth to have the preeminence among them receive us not. He he's trying to separate the people from the pastor. I've been around churches long enough. There's a lot of uh, these people still in churches. And their goal is to get the, they want that preeminent spot in the church. They want that number one position in church. And what, and what it does, it separates them. Wherefore, if I come, I will rem remember his deeds which he doeth. Prating against the malicious words and not content therewith, neither doeth the Neither do he, doeth he himself receive the brethren and for, 
forget, forbidding them to wood and cast them out of the church. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil is not of God. We see he's, it's in churches today. This discord is in churches today. Second Timothy, I'm just about finished with you. We see it in the, the Old Testament churches. We see it with John the pastor in, in his church there. But it's also in modern day's churches to do. Listen, modern day churches cannot handle the preaching of John or Paul. They just could not handle it. Today we don't call names out. But let me tell you what, John and Paul had no problem pointing people out and calling their names out. You're the bad one. You did this. So we, don't, we don't do that today. We don't point at somebody and call them by name and say, Hey, you're sowing seeds of discord. Uh, you ought to just get up and get out. No, but Peter, I mean, Paul and John, they call their names out. Wouldn't we be at a better church if we just start calling names? No, we would not. I take that back. Yep. We would probably be in a world of hurt. We probably wouldn't be here because ain't none of us good enough. Verse number seen, but shun, feign, profane, and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Now, let me tell you what, the more you go, the more, worse off you're going to get. Chapter 2, I'm telling you, chapter 2, verse 16. <laughs> but shun, profane, and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their words will eat as doeth a canker worm if the Hamaeus and uh, Philidius, who concerning the truth had er erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrown the faith of some. Paul don't have a problem looking at them calling their names. The Bible says, Mark them which cause division or offenses or contrary to the doctrine which have been learned and avoid them. He said, you ought to mark those that's causing discord in the church. You ought to mark those that's going against what's been taught and what's been learned. Why? Because they're trying to tear up what God is trying to do in your life and what God is trying to do in the church. Paul says these are things, or these are trying to sow discord this is the, who they ought to watch out for because they don't have your best interest in heart. And let me just say, that's still going on today. It's still going on today. So we, we, so we look at discord. Discord, we know it's sown. It's like a seed. You've got to plant it. Something props up. It's like a seed. And then we know discord will separate it will, it will cause division in the church. But also discord is shown. We can see it is shown. Let, turn back, go back to Proverbs 26 again for me. Discord is shown. Cause it, it causes separation, and finally, God brings it to light. Whatever has been said in the dark gets brought out into the light, and God 
is good at that. Verse number 26 of chapter 26. Who hateth, covereth by deceit, his wickedness shall be shown before the whole congregation. Hey, be careful sowing discord because it will always be brought to light. Whatever you find out that you track, no matter what you do, what's been said, whatever source it came from, it will not be denied. They don't think that it's going to come out. They don't think what they're saying is going to ever get out. Verse 27, Whosoever diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth the stone, it will return unto him. How do they dig their pits? They dig it with their tongue. In the ultimate end, the individual that sows the discord, that, that dug this pit, they fall into it, and the devil lays his traps and tricks them, and they fall into their own pit that they dug themselves. When I read these verses, I couldn't help but think about Wiley Cowdy. Wiley Cowdy. Wiley, I could not help but think about him because every time he does something, it always falls back on him. I've seen him fall into the canyon time after time and time again. Everything he does to try to catch that roadrunner backfires on It comes to light. I went somewhere along the line, the roadrunner. Uh, that stone he tries to throw on the coyote, on the roadrunner, comes back on the coyote. So we see that it's always going to be brought God sees it tonight. He sees what you're doing. He sees what you're saying. He sees what you're trying to do with somebody's life tonight. Don't to be careful when you start thinking about seeds of discord. When you start whispering about somebody in church about what they're doing or what they're said, it doesn't matter. It could be the little things. It don't take but just a little bit to grow and that seed to be planted. Talking about the discord is sown. You've got to plant that seed there. And it don't take much to get it growing. So if we know that discord is something that happens in our lives and is something that happens in our churches, what in the world can we do to combat it? What can we do? You don't have to turn there. But Psalms 120 is a good verse in Psalms 120, verse number 2. David said, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Delivered my heart, my soul, from a lying tongue. And deceitful lips. The prayer of David is God deliver me from those that would sow discord in my life. Deliver me from being the one that does sow the discord in people's life. God help me, chill me from it. Then God keep your arm around my shoulder and your hand on my mouth. David said, that's how you do it. Keep me from saying something I should not say. Put your hand over my mouth. And when somebody does start, you know, deliver me from that. So if we think about that, we start thinking about that verse. Lord, deliver my soul, O Lord, from a lying lips, from those who tell lies, those who speak. And from a deceitful tongue. 
But God, when you got your arms wrapped around me, if you don't put your hand over my mouth, I'm going to say something I shouldn't. It's just going to be that way. So we see Psalms 120, verse number 2, is a good, good something to meditate on. Ephesians chapter 4 is a real good thing to learn. Verse number 1 says, Therefore the prisons of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you have been called. With all lowliness, meekness, and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring. I love this. This is when we talked about this morning in Sunday school. You need to pray this prayer in your life over and over. Every day when you pray your prayer, when I close my eyes at night, this verse comes to my mind. When I wake up, this verse comes to my mind. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit, the bonds of peace. In other words, what he's saying is, hey, if you want to have the unity of uh, uh, the Spirit of God in your life, then, then you're going to have to have the bond of peace. Then you're not going to be saying things that you should not be saying to cause discord. I pray that we endeavor to keep the unity in the Spirit and the bond of peace. Why do we need to pray that way? Because I've seen churches, devastation of a church, it was not in unity. It was not in peace. Now it's just a shell of what it used to be. It's nothing. And I thank God for what's going on around here. I, I believe we have the unity of spirit. I believe we have the bond of peace. But I want you to warn you that the devil can throw that trap out there. The devil can throw that device out there and snatch any one of us up and get caught up into it. And what I'm trying to do is help you not get caught up. And if you do get caught up in it, you can realize, wait a minute, I'm doing something I know I should not be doing. How do I get out of this? Delivering my soul, O oh Lord, from lying lips and deceitful tongue. And that could be us. Get me back in the spirit of unity with the, the fellow brethren and sisters. Uh, and Lord, uh, may I be back in the bonds of peace that... We don't have that discord. I don't think we have discord in our church. I don't think we do. But we need to be careful we don't get the big head and think we can't get it. Because it can. Because it don't take much. The seed of discord. We can stop it. We can overcome it. But it will tear the church down. It will do that. And it can do that. Amen.